passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the eighteen that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. It is Monday night. Rewind a Raw begins now. I am John Pollock along with the WWF's own Wei Ting, who is with us. Hello, Wei. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going well. All right. How are, you, how are your legs? My legs are fine. I feel completely fine, to be quite honest. I have uh, I, I had other issues yesterday, but uh, climbing the CN Tower was not one of them. A surprisingly... Um, I don't know, a, a ambitious start to my day on Sunday, but I, I can't say I was really like, uh, I was not in pain afterwards. So that's a good sign, I guess. Same, same. I'm, I'm also pleasantly surprised. Um, first of all, at just how okay I feel today and, um, how well we did, honestly, you know, not to maybe, you know, brag about it, but I, I think we all consider we did, did better than we, what we were expecting. What were you expecting going in? Did you have any, I, I didn't eat my, my goal was finish. That was my goal. So I, I didn't go in with any lofty expectations, but you were uh, you're, you're a guy that you, you, you set out and you have like a, a very um, dialed in focus. I will say when it comes to these things. Well, on that note, it looks like way was uh it was just too much for him uh, at the, at the CN tower. So we have lost way already. So there you go. His endurance was much better on Sunday, let me tell you. Uh, well, we will do our best to uh, reconnect with one waiting, and we will be going over all of uh, tonight's action from Raw in beautiful North Little Rock, Arkansas. So uh, in addition, uh, we also uh, wanted to make mention of everything that is coming up on the site today, or this week, I, I should say. So... On Thursday this week, a special note, Rewind Away is going to be coming out on Thursday because uh, we are moving it to Thursdays for the time being. We find this to be a bit of a better day for Rewind Away to be coming out. So uh, that will start this week. And boy, do we have a review for you. All Wheels Wrestling. 
Most of you are probably asking yourselves, what is All Wheels Wrestling? The answer is going to be revealed on Thursday. Probably two of you have seen this pilot that was shot in 2011. And we have dug this pilot up through the uh, the miraculous video sharing service that is Vimeo. And we'll be uh, chatting about that on this week's Rewind Away. And the question will be, can we bring way to Rewind Away? Because... The wheels are falling off here of Rewanda Raw as we get ready for All Wheels Wrestling Week at Post Wrestling. My apologies, just having uh, some technical issues here. Um, so my camera's not necessarily working, but apologies, John. Where, where, where did we leave off? We, you were about to tell me how great your endurance was at the CN Tower, and then boom, you just dropped off <laughs> uh, the face of the earth. But yeah. I was asking you what your goal was going on, uh, going into, because this, for, for people that uh, have been following our our adventure into climbing the CN Tower, this was Way's idea. This all mm-hmm. was concocted from your, um, I won't call it a midlife crisis, but this was, was, this was Way saying, you know what, <laughs> 39, I'm attacking this, and I'm going to make sure I get all my friends to do this as well. And there we were on Sunday morning with you. I mean, it, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do. You stare at the thing long enough your whole life. Um, and it, I, I guess what's really the best way of interacting with it uh, besides climbing it, right? Uh, or at least walking up. So um, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I suppose um, being a year away from turning 40 was enough of an excuse to do something physical just to at least see. Because um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be doing this um, maybe 10 or even, you know, that much longer from now so uh i wanted to just kind of test myself and i was expecting uh, maybe like um what i heard what the average was like what 30 minutes something like that so i was expecting to do at least better than than that or at least around that um and we ended up you and i like took us what 20 minutes to do it so yeah 20 and change yeah like I, i i when they announced the times like for us i i was really surprised i thought it would be closer to 30 because when you're up there you have no sense of time they don't play music um really nothing other than the levels um of the of the flights and that was maybe a bit of a sort of mental struggle too because at the base when you're about to start there's somebody who just kind of like you know talks to you and says all right everybody However, blah, 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 1770, uh, 17, 1776 steps and in my head or in my ears, I heard 44 flights and I'm like, okay, 44. Like, I don't, I have no idea how, how much of a, of a, how many steps are in a flight. So in my head, I'm thinking 44. So I'm going up these steps and then I'm just seeing these numbers for every flight. One, two, three, four. Soon enough, I was at 20 and I was like, wow, okay, this isn't so bad at all. Like I, I still feel pretty fresh. I could probably, you know, I love it- that you compete like. The CN Tower, 44 flights of stairs. Well, who know, how much is in a flight? Like, is that a mathematical equation? I mean, you these know? were... I, okay, go, but go on. You're, anyway, okay. So, so I'm, I'm like, once, you, once you get to 43, what are you thinking of? So let, let me, let, your, let me just meal? tell you, John, like, even at 20, I'm like, oh, I still got good energy. Like, I could give it, like, a really good go, you know, when I get to, to maybe 39. <laughs> I'll really push, all right? I'll really exhaust myself. Championship rounds, here I come. 44 comes... And I'm like, well, where's the end? <laughs> like, this, oh like, this my thing God. is going. And then they have like these sort of like, you know, um, I guess EMTs that are pretty much at every few floors. And I eventually ask one of them, hey, like, how many floors are in this thing? 144. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wasn't even halfway. So at that point, I'm just like, okay, that makes more third of the way there. So I had the opposite. So in the the whole lead up, I keep hearing 1776. That's the number everyone just keeps telling me is the number of steps 1776. And at the beginning, like I hear that number, I never once heard the number of flights. So I'm going up this and I'm getting to 10, I'm getting to 11. And that's when I'm realizing, wait a minute, the number of steps is totally irrelevant. I have no idea how many flights are going here. Like I don't, I never heard 144. I never heard that number. And I'm just trying to think back. I was like, did anyone mention this? So I'm going, I'm eavesdropping on people. I'm listening. I'm listening for clues such as halfway there. And I'm doing the math in my head and I'm doing the opposite of you. I had it in the range of 142 to 148. So in my head, I thought 160 because the last thing I wanted to do was get to a number in my head when I'm mentally done and Mm. it's still going. So I was just thinking higher, think higher. And that was, I had no idea how long I had to go on this thing for about at least half of the yeah. flight, which is we're talking like 75 flights. And and when you're talking about like all this, like, you know, calculating and just like all this, uh, I, I guess, like mental stress, if you want to call it that. And pacing yourself too. like you're like, I did not stop. I did not stop for any breaks on this yeah, thing. I just kept neither. going. But I was like, I, I, I'm also cognizant of the time. I, w- I want to have a respectable time at the end of this thing. Well, I just wanted to do my best, right? You know, and, and when you're doing all of this, I mean, you're not really th- – like, you have no sense of time. That's why, like, in my head, I thought, oh, okay, this is probably close to, like, 30 minutes. And when they announced 20, I was like, wow, that, that was a lot quicker than I thought. But um, I, I want to thank you for for joining me. I want to thank the BDE uh, for for joining me last minute as well because um, it it was certainly like a lot more fun, you know, to be motivated by having friends that are doing this with me. And uh, we raised a lot of money. We, we raised sixteen hundred forty five dollars. So thank you to every single person who uh, contributed and made a donation, or simply wished us luck. Um, maybe we'll do it again, John. I, I, I want to thank you. I'm glad that you wrote me into doing this because when I when I agreed, uh, it, it was a good push for me because I took this very seriously. I will I will tell you, like I, I changed up my diet. I started working out this last four weeks because my fear was like dying on this thing. I know this thing is not the most ambitious uh, exercise, but I did not want to be just uh, dying on this thing. So I, I honestly like spent like four weeks trying to get as ready for this as as i could that is uh an, an undertaking here it sounds like we just uh you know ran a marathon but nonetheless this was still uh it was well, uh without knowing like what it actually takes it feels that way like you look at that thing from the base and it's just like i mean this is not an easy impossible. thing like that amount of steps like you can climb like if you live at a condo you can climb those flights but it's like you cannot adequately prepare for 144 flights anywhere in one of the world's largest uh freestanding structures mm-hmm. it's pretty much just figuring out uh it's it's like leg strength with cardio is kind of the, the mix you're going for in this i actually like i've never done like any sort of exercising using s- steps before i've never like trained steps it, it actually is like a really great form of exercise you know it's like um it's not like like running tends to like you know screw up my knees from time to time just because of the impact but like stairs i could i could do plenty and, and feel fine afterwards so well, how are you going to keep this up how, how are you going to continue your sort of um fitness routine 
I, I definitely want to find something that uh, w- will scare me uh, into continuing. I need to have something at the end of it that uh, I can. Well, if you don't do this, you're going to be uh, you're going to be embarrassed. So that that's what I need. So maybe I'm going to run a 15k or something like that. We'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll do something you and me. Because okay. I will I will All rope right. you into something now. All right, your pick. All right. How good was that breakfast afterwards? Last thing on this thing, because that was one of the best meals ever. And this was a basic breakfast joint we went to, but God, was that meal good? I could have eaten like, you know, sludge, and it probably would have been the best meal ever. Absolutely. Oh, great, great time. Yeah. After I got home from Rebellion, I was, my plan was get home. I'm going to watch Succession and I'm going to sleep because I was just dead beat tired. And then uh, my son was up sick all night. So I was up with him until i went to sleep around 4 45 so i was up, i was up for close to 22 hours by the time wow. and then uh up crazy. at eight today so uh, my son has just been he's got this like crazy chest infection so i was uh out with him all morning taking him to the doctors and everything today uh i will enjoy going to sleep tonight hopefully so anyway that was my monday quite the start to the week that's how they go well, we have the start of this week at Post Wrestling. I mentioned earlier, Rewind Away will be dropping on Thursday this week with All Wheels Wrestling. 48 minutes, a great choice for this particular week, uh, where you can see the likes of RPM, Dubai, and everyone's favorite, Schwag D, in action. I mean, really, this is, I think, the, 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 the culmination of, of our F1 discussions on uh, these reviews, really. I'm... Um, the the combination of motorsports and professional wrestling match made in heaven somebody actually tna actually tried to put that together in a wrestling product let's see how it turns out that is right we are also going to be back at 10 p.m eastern on friday for rewind to smackdown there is no rampage on friday rampage is on saturday night this week so that will be the start time once again and also want to alert people to stardom's uh dream all-star grand Grand queendom That is yes. right, man. They, they're, they're various uh, grands and dreams. Uh, they, they have lots of them. Uh, they are at Yokohama Arena this Sunday. Huge pay-per-view. So it's getting the royal treatment this week because Karen Peterson and Bruce Lord are going to be doing not one, but two shows this week, including a free primer that is going to be released on Wednesday, previewing the card and acting as a jumping on point for those that maybe are not as familiar with stardom or some of the key feuds and characters leading into Sunday's show. Uh, Maybe you're coming for the Mercedes match with Mayu Iwatani, but it's a great card overall for a company that has grown exponentially over the last two years. And this is a huge show for them. And then they will be back on Sunday for our cafe members with a post show. So uh, a double dose of Bruce Lord, uh, as he has been coined now, the brew dog with Karen Peterson. Uh, One person has coined him. (laughs) I don't know if that's a name. that I think that one's going to take off. A Brandon from New Jersey uh, selection, the Brew Dog. Yeah, a great show with Brew Dog and Michael um, today. <laughs> <laughs> David Myers, who has now been christened Michael, um, according to Brandon. So, Mike Myers. Was, <laughs> Mike Myers, exactly. That was a great edition of Postmarks. Hope you hope you guys enjoyed it on the, on the free feed. Uh, those all those shows, Bruce and, and David do such a great job with. Uh, those can be found in the Post Wrestling Cafe feed every single month. So. That's right. I, I'm really excited about this um, uh, Stardom show. Would you say this is Stardom's biggest event that they've ever done? 
I, I would say it, it, it. They are going into it with the expectation uh, of it of it being that. So yeah, this is this is going to be a very very big show for them. Major arena at Yokohama Arena, and ultimately this is what everything was leading towards with with Mercedes was having this big show uh, in in April and and where they go after it as well. If she if she sticks around for more, if she just drops the title to uh, Mayu, it's not the main event, but uh, it's a very loaded show. So tune in Wednesday. The, the primer will be free for everybody. And then the post show on the Post Wrestling Cafe, as is the Impact Rebellion post show uh, that John Cena and I did earlier today. I got to attend Rebellion and Cena watched the broadcast. So we have a hour long uh, breakdown of that pay-per-view and we'll get into that in the news. But Starting off with the news, I wanted to get some of your thoughts, Way, about the uh, the reports that are out about the the proposed Saturday night show that AEW looks to be in, in the midst of finalizing. Uh, Andrew Zarian has done a lot of reporting on this story, and it's looking like tentative plans are for the Saturday show to debut sometime in June with a potential slot of 8 to 10 Eastern on Saturday nights and with the working title of Collision, uh, it's worth noting that in May, May the 17th, Warner Brothers Discovery will be holding their upfronts, and this could be something that they're they're waiting for closer to or around uh, that time to uh, release this information. But the key being that this is a show that could also serve not just uh, two hours more of television, which one would theorize would be in addition to the deal they currently have with Warner Brothers Discovery, and that would be um, a separate rights fee that they're getting for this show, but also a place that could house CM Punk. And it seems like this could be, at first it was described by Andrew Zarian as a bit of a, a soft brand split, but it might be more more defined than just a soft brand split. Um, we will see. A lot of uh, balls are in the air here, but just looking at the big picture, the idea of this show way, this would be adding to... AEW essentially having a show out pretty much every night of the of the week with the addition of uh, Ring of Honor on Thursdays and then this on Saturdays, which is a very difficult night when you look at the competition in sports, competition once a month from WWE, every week from UFC, there's going to be preemptions in there. What do you feel about this idea, especially if it's centered around Punk as the key star of this, of getting this off the ground? Right, yeah. Well, from the beginning, we know the reason why Tony Khan took an interest in starting a professional wrestling promotion was because of the massive um, TV rights fees that were being, you know, paid to the WWE. And I think expansion is always going to be something he's looking at. And CM Punk, this entire story with him and the elite, it's certainly unfortunate, but there's money to be made and when there's money to be made mm, you think about what your options are and one of the options that might satisfy the locker room might satisfy punk might satisfy the elite is to separate him and in the in the same process can you can you sell another product can you create a new product out of this controversy out of this you know disagreement between the rosters it's not ideal i don't think you ever want to give anybody this much power to you know say like hey we're going to create a show just for you but i don't think this is just creating a show just for a person it's it, using it would the seem like this is a larger idea that it just it helps in terms of it being like, like I don't think they're going to, Hey, how can we save CM yeah. Punk and the situation? It's more so this is a, this is a chance we have for a new show. And it gives, yeah. if we're going to be adding a second night of tapings, we can look at it this way as an Avenue for a punk. 
And if you're going to pick a franchise, you know, draw for that particular show, Punk is really your best bet. You know, he's a look what he did for that, you know, for a second edition of Rampage. Um, if people are going to have any chance of making an effort to stay up for a Saturday, you know, primetime show or, or, or be around for a Saturday primetime show, it, it's with a lead like Punk. So for the health of AEW, I think this is wonderful. What it means, though, for, I think, um, consumption of some of their other products, I really do feel like, you know, dark and elevation at this point, I I. I question really what what the benefit is uh, besides maybe you know having developmental maybe creating you know like a like a library that's that's a lot deeper uh, for for future maybe streaming purposes or whatever. But um, I see maybe sort of the function of Ring of Honor. Well, that's the thing too. You know what becomes a Ring of Honor, um, and what becomes a Rampage. You know, like I, I think the prestige of those brands are going to be even lesser unless they find specific purposes for their existence um what exactly you know like i wwe is able to get away with having a raw having a smackdown and having an nxt with nxt serving a very specific purpose and maybe that's what ring of honor will eventually become more of your you know genuine sort of quote-unquote developmental brand well you need this saturday show to be a dynamite like that's what you need this show to be and if that means uh your roh becomes your nxt for lack of a better comparison Rampage certainly feels like a show that I don't I don't know if that inspires your your confidence of them being able to despite how deep this roster is of expanding that that demand to yet another night of the week which is a very hard night to draw that audience in like you are talking about a bit of a younger audience for AEW you're we've talked about the handicaps of running on Friday night Saturday night is going to present that as well and it's it it also becomes the, the question of like what this roster again, there's so many questions about this, but the roster makeup, um, if if a CM Punk goes down again, like what becomes of that Saturday night show? Is it enough that it's sustainable? Like you can always mix and match different people, but how many people on that roster would you have the confidence can can carry a flagship show? And there, there's not even a guarantee punk that X amount of months into this that that Saturday night show will have the same level of interest. Like they have a clear number one show that is pretty must see if you're an AEW fan and the rest of the programming from battle of the belts to rampage and ROH that we have seen now a month or so in yeah. it's sort of watch at your leisure. But is it something that if I miss it, I'm frantically ser- searching for it. I-, I don't think it has that urgency and you need a show that has urgency. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think they've been trying to maybe if we're talking soft, what brand split that to me is kind of what Rig of Honor has been an experiment in doing, you know, uh, uh, separating guys where um, you, you some you might only see wrestle on, on an ROH. Um, I, I don't think you can like, you know, save a Castagnoli, save an Eddie Kingston, save a Samoa Joe for ROH if you're going to go ahead with these two distinct rosters. You're going to need your all-star cast on both Dynamite and on the Saturday show. So I I don't know if ROH, you know, is going to... Um, I, it'll probably be hurt by this, but it's 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 something that they can sacrifice, honestly, you know, and maybe turn that more into your developmental brand. Yeah, I think that there is a way that all of this can can work. I do feel that it's only going to add to the discussion point about Tony Khan's plate and being able to delegate some of the booking responsibilities. I would not 
just, just looking at how much he has taken on by himself on the booking direction, I wouldn't see him handing the Saturday show off to anyone. But at that point, should he be someone that has to sit down and write four weeks of Ring of Honor television when they go to Universal Studios? It, it, like, whatever becomes a Rampage, like it's very hard to imagine in any of these scenarios that that Rampage still becomes a a show that I mean, just to maintain its current level, I think it that's going to be really challenging unless they have an ace up their sleeve of something to make Friday unique and asking your audience to stay home Friday and Saturday, um, even to DVR the show and watch it the next day, man, it's, there's only so much time. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, I'd be curious if to see if he addresses it at all, um, because I don't think he has addressed, you know, maybe criticisms of rampage for like the past year i i would say it still very much feels like a show that's that you can skip unless you really wanted to see certain stars um, but let's let's also not um like under understate the fact that warner brothers discovery like if you are going forward and green lighting another two hours and you're looking at they didn't go for ring of honor but the idea of currently with all access mm-hmm. you have three hours on wednesday nights you have an hour on friday night you have potentially two hours on Saturday. Wrestling is a huge part of the footprint now of TNT and to a lesser degree, TBS. And it mm-hmm. would only serve that uh, t- to lose this property would be how much you would have to uh, new content you would have to create to fill these gaps yeah. that pro wrestling provides you on a weekly basis. It would seem to me that Warner Brothers Discovery understands the value this particular brand of wrestling uh, brings to them, even though the ROH brand was not something that they were looking at. And he, mm-hmm. we go back to that that interview a while ago about more out of the ring content and thus Ring of Honor did not find its way onto the schedule. But this looks to be a two hour in-ring show that is not named Ring of Honor that Tony Khan was trying to shop months ago. Well, I, I think simply beyond wanting more wrestling content, they probably want maybe a certain ownership of the branding. If if they're like not not maybe literally, I have no idea what the corporate makeup of you know um, T- AEW's ownership is beyond like Tony Khan and and, and uh, his father being heavily involved. But um, would they want to promote? another brand watered down potentially maybe sort of like the wrestling you know um i guess identity of of uh, T, uh tbs or, or tnt with this sort of extra thing that you know um people who aren't you and i casual viewers might not necessarily know about and and what is structurally like corporately like what is the difference between a ring of honor and an AEW? it's it's owned by tony khan separate from whatever sort of like structure he has with AEW. So that might, you know, be part of the reason as well. Uh, But it could just simply be as simple as like, Hey, we want to invest in the AEW brand and not whatever else you're, you know, trying to create over there. Last one on this. What do you think about Saturday night? Like we know Tony Khan's ideal. It never is ideal, especially when you've got, you know, UFC competition, you've got, I'm sure other sports that WWE once a month. Yeah, not ideal, but if you're TBS, TNT, maybe it's the one night of the week that you can offer, you know, for this extra professional wrestling. Like, do they have a hang up with like giving pro pro wrestling another primetime weekday slot? Maybe. But if you're Tony Khan, you kind of take what you can get. If you're Tony Khan, like he has made it clear he does not want to run against the NFL. And that takes out Monday. That takes out Thursday. And that takes out Sunday. Like there's only so many nights of the week. If, If you take Tony Khan at that 
face value that mm-hmm. he does not want those nights. And who's to say he'd even be offered those those Monday makes no sense. I would not be running on Monday nights, but um, like there's only so many. But Saturday is that's a tough night. It's a very, very tough night, um, yeah. not just for for sports, but your direct competitors when you are running. You know, WWE, there, it's going to be a lot of Saturdays that they, they run against, not to mention like every month you're looking at probably a WWE show unless they do the, the odd Sunday. And you're definitely going against the UFC every Saturday, not the fight nights, but which you are, but the pay-per-views that to me, they're the, the big fights. That's it, it's just a lot that you it, are. It's going- not ideal. Clearly, like I, I don't think it would you know be anybody's first choice to to run any sort of like weekly professional wrestling product. Um, but man, it's, if they're going to pay you for it, if, if it's your That's foot the in the door to establish whatever the show is going to be called so that one day you can uh, move it to a different day, either with Warner, or you could sell it to another network the way Raw and SmackDown are, are on different networks, like do it, you know, why not? So I, I think from a business perspective, like it makes a whole lot of sense why he would be going this way. Um, and you know, maybe there's an added benefit of being able to work a CM Punk back into your system as well. I wanted to go over some of the highlights of some of the big shows from over the weekend, not going to go too in depth into all of them, but some of the key things from each starting with a capital collision, which was a show I got to see all of on Saturday night. Very good show in Washington, DC. It's a Aussie open winning the strong open weight tag titles from the motor city machine guns and the dream team of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada. So Aussie open now have both the IWGP and the strong open weight tag titles. They pinned Chris Sabin after Coriolis and then had a stare down with Okada and Tanahashi. So it seems that Aussie Open is, I'm guessing, probably lining up for Okada and Tanahashi at Dominion if Tanahashi loses to Osprey and Osprey goes to the, the tournament final at Dominion, uh, you can free up Tanahashi. Although Tanahashi did suffer a rib injury in this match and didn't work Sunday night show in Philadelphia, but it was a very good main event. Um, other matches I would recommend, uh, Tomohiro Ishii and El Desperado had an excellent match, uh, and Zack Sabre Jr. retaining the television title against Tom Lawler. Um, Tom Lawler has had some great matches. Among the singles matches I have seen with Tom Lawler, this is in the upper echelon. He was excellent with Zach. They obviously their styles mesh so well, and I continue to enjoy this television title. We sometimes lament the addition of titles, and that's sort of a misnomer. I I kind of push back when it's titles that are being added for the sake of them and that don't have an identity or a purpose. This television title, it's been able to have its own unique place on each card and Zack Sabre Jr. to establish this title is probably your your best guy and he is he is doing some excellent um, matches of late with Shota Umino and this Tom Lawler match was excellent save for a spot where Lawler you thought he was busted from his mouth but his tooth actually went through his lip and that's where the blood came so um, geez painful ouch and if probably uh, yeah. watching some 2008 champion carnival on the, on the, on the flight home uh, with it, with his, his tooth injury. Um, they also did a big angle where Clark Connors attacked the DKC after losing a 10 man tag. And Clark Connors joined the bullet club later in the night when David Finley invited him in and pretty much ran down the, uh, the former bullet club members. And this he's going after savages. He wants to recruit savages to the bullet club. This isn't uh, any of that Bullet Club gold stuff. This is uh, the savages that he's going for. He didn't put in that line about uh, Bullet Club gold. But um, 
And then the other thing was announcing the All-Star Junior Festival, August 19th in Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena. And the following night, it will be Multiverse United 2, where Impact and New Japan will uh, collaborate again at a 2300 Arena. So that is coming up in August. But a really good show. And then they were in Philadelphia the next night with, uh, with royalty on, on hand, with Mike Murray in attendance at the 2300 Arena. Wow, international royalty making all huge, the trip huge. Down. We had we had the post crew at all all different parts of uh, the wrestling world on on Sunday night, uh, including myself, who was at Rebellion at the sold out Rebel Complex. Wait, did you go to one of the Rebel shows? Yeah, I believe I went to maybe the first show that they did, the one where they uh, shot the scene where the kid got r- run over. <laughs> oh, that's right, uh, where LAX uh, went to run over a kid. Yes, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah some of Impact's uh, greatest hits. I have never been to this venue for wrestling and far be it for me to say, let's go to the authority. Dude, WH loved this venue. Okay. It's, it's beautiful. Like for professional wrestling, like what capacity about a thousand. Right? I would guess around uh, a thousand, uh, like 1200. Uh, that was my guess, but it's the perfect size for a thousand, you know, like it, it, it's a, it's a nightclub. So like you get like illuminated ceilings, there's a balcony with the Dude, second the screens level. Look great in there. Yeah, um, it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. The way it was set up is that if you had your ringside seats, like you have your designated seats, GA, it's pretty much a free for all for for seats. And you mm-hmm. do have to, you know, it's first come, first serve. So uh, for, for a show that was legit sold out, there was only standing room and it was it was packed. You were not fitting any more people in this for the pay-per-view. Um, not going to go into all the notes because me and Sino went went through it. But uh, among the notes, uh, Deanna Peraza winning the vacant knockouts title. Steve Macklin winning the vacant impact title. Uh, two heel wins, clean heel wins to close the show. And it was the women going on last. And Nick Aldis made his return in the men's championship match and setting something up with Steve Macklin. Uh, based on tonight's tapings, it looks like next month's special under siege will be Steve Macklin against PCO. And the long-term plan looks to be Steve Macklin and Nick Aldis because with Josh Alexander down, they are lacking that, that big baby face star. Like your next in line are like PCO Frankie Kazarian. So for a Nick Aldis, I don't know when this deal was reached, but he was someone that he's been a free agent for months now. And I don't know if many saw him going to a WWE or an AEW creatively. I think that impact is probably going to suit him much better um, than it potentially just be, you know, the age factor is going to work against him in WWE. And I think in AEW, it's, I don't know, it's, it, would he stand out uh, in, in AEW? It's, it's tough. Agreed. I, I think impact's a really good fit for him. You know, he could really be the top dog. He could be a franchise player for the, for the brand. Um, He's a great promo has that aura of a top guy. Like I, I think he will work very well. His uh, wife is like, I mean, of legendary status with, within the company, especially. So there's a lot of potential, I think. Mm-hmm. And also I uh, wanted to note like the most emotional thing on the show was a speech that Tommy Dreamer gave before the hardcore war, uh, noting that his his mother um, was it suffered a brain bleed during the week and is in really rough shape. And he impact told him you don't have to do the pay-per-view, but he came. He wants to do it. This is his break away from everything. And this was just the most heartfelt speech that he gave before. And he's doing it with the the four teammates uh, in the back. And they're like tearing up as they're listening to Tommy give this speech. And it just added something else to the hardcore war. And he prefaced it 
before the match that after this one, I'm taking time off to uh, get, get myself together and everything. So he ended up winning. It was the hardcore war. It got over really well in the audience, just with all the plunder, all the, all the hardcore stuff. Like it, it worked for this crowd. So their next show is under siege May 27th. And of course they've got the multiverse show in August and they're coming back to Toronto with emergence on August 27th and then doing tapings the next night, the 27th being the same day as all in. So that's a, that's a tough day. All in will be an afternoon show, but yeah, I think for, for wrestling fans, that's probably going to be a four to five hour show with, with all in. So we will see how well they do, but they did sell out the show on, on Sunday night. So uh, a good show from impact overall. And I was trying to think about this and I had never thought about it until WH asked me, I think that last night was the first time I have ever attended a TNA or an impact show live. Really? Are you sure? I cannot, I cannot sure think had, of another time. I've never, anytime we, they we, came we up here to a house show, I think I'm pretty sure. Like we did. That's right. Yeah. We did go to a house show once. Yes. You and I did because I was trying to fit anytime they came up here for a pay-per-view. I was doing the law on the Sunday. I never went to a live pay-per-view and I didn't go to any of the recent shows that they were up here before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really trying to rack my brain, but you are right. We did go to a TNA house show once. It's not like they were, they were touring really. Um, no, more. Toronto and not always uh, even WrestleMania weekends where we were that it was, yeah. um, you know, the, the show to hit up uh, mm-hmm. even if they, they did run. All right. Well, there you go. You learn something new every day. And uh, Triple Mania uh, 31. Uh, I've not gotten to see this show, although the main event sounded very strong with Vikingo retaining the mega championship against Commander Rich Swan and Swerve Strickland after a 630 onto Commander. Uh, Mysticies Jr. and Arhenis were the final two in the 10-person cage. So that set up a singles match later in the night. Uh, in the cage match, uh, Mysticies Jr., I retweeted this, just the craziest shooting star press off the top of this cage, but the camera work. This was the greatest shot shooting star press I have ever seen. The cut to the low angle of him coming off, this guy looked like he was flying. This looked like something out of a Marvel film, the way they shot this. It was a, it was an unbelievable way. Um, so anyway, for that great spot, he ended up being one of the last two. So they had the battle, and Arhenis was unmasked in the end. And they're doing a another of their tournaments where the losers advance throughout the Triple Manias. So Pentagon Jr. and Alberto Patron beat Sam Adonis and Psycho Clown. And Blue Demon Jr. and DMT Azul beat Roosh and LA Rush. So the two losing teams meet on July 15th. And then the losing team, those teammates, meet on August 12th in a mask versus hair match. The okay. ultimate loser tournament. That so so every team is is with somebody with with hair. It's a mask guy with a someone with their hair. So oh, interesting. You okay. look at these. I would think that Psycho Clown and Sam Adonis probably are the the end matchup where you would think that Sam Adonis is losing his hair, um, unless they they pull something out and get someone to unmask. I don't think Roosh is losing his hair in AAA, so that would be probably a safe assumption. But uh, that was that. And uh, Chess Man, there was no. Uh, there was no social media influencer on the show, and instead Vampiro was the mystery opponent, and uh, Vampiro won. Uh, I did not see the match, but I'm sure you, uh, p- people can can envision uh, what, what what happened. But there you go. That was uh, Triple Mania, and also the the Cinderella tournament. That was won by Mirai, and uh, Karen Peterson has a full rundown of the Cinderella finals. Dude, there was so much stuff going on this weekend, and I feel this is going to be every weekend. Well, there are a lot of wrestling promotions out there. Um 
and ways to watch almost all of them these days. So sure. Will Ospreay returned or will be returning this Saturday for one PW against Bobby fish. And he put out a video that he was cleared on Friday. This after his shoulder injury that, uh, that has taken him out of action for the last month or so. And he's been going to physio for the last five weeks, but still has weakness in his arm. And the way he explained this in this video, he was almost surprised that he was cleared because he's like, I still have some weakness in my arm, but he's going ahead with this match because Bobby Fish in 1PW can't wait and admits he can't do some of the things he could when he was 22 years old. He's cut out doing shooting star presses and doesn't know how long this ride's going to be. And the bigger match he has is Tanahashi May 21st. And then that winner will face Lance Archer at Dominion to determine who faces Kenny Omega. So with uh, Tanahashi on deck, a potential rematch. Well, we know we're going to get the rematch with Omega. It's just a matter of when. And you would think Osprey probably involved in something big at all in. Um, he's going to be called upon a lot. And I mean, you, you certainly look at this. I am I am certain, like, obviously the injury is legit, but is this also going to be woven into his character as well, that this is someone who is going to be, you know, his his body is breaking down and sort of blurring the line, essentially. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of realness attached to this. Is some of it being emphasized for story purposes as well? I would hope so. You know, as a, as a Will Ospreay fan, somebody who wants to see him, you know, have an incredibly long career, but I'm sure there's some truth to it. You can't oh, wrestle, I, I don't doubt that he can't wrestle that style and expect to, you know, um, keep up at, at that pace, you know, uh, not just the style, but the pace as well. And, and the inter- international travel that the, the guy does, uh, you can't expect to keep that up, you know, throughout your thirties so um the man has 29 dude 29 30 in a few weeks i was looking it up myself too because um i it it seems awfully early to hear of somebody you know speak of like not knowing how how much longer he's got doing this and i'm tom billington yeah and i and i'm somebody who wants to see you know will osprey wrestle for the rest of his life so i i hope i mean he's become he is incredibly smart as a professional wrestler and i think he's shown skill that's beyond just being able to pull off shooting star presses so um if if these are limitations that will ultimately make him like an even better um you know psychological wrestler make him improve other things uh, as a part of his game then well hopefully it's a good thing um but yeah i hope i hope he stays healthy SmackDown on Friday, uh, they were down this week going against the NBA play-in games. They did 2,265,000 viewers and a .58. So it was their lowest demo audience since February 17th, lowest audience in the past month. Uh, Also down 29% in 18 to 34. And in Canada, they came back down to to earth with a 42% drop this week. A lot of that is they are now going against the Toronto Blue Jays, which on Friday, the Jays did over a million viewers, which is like, think about that, folks. Like that is just gigantic numbers when you're That's thinking about it. Like how big, how much the population of our country? Like it, to get the U.S. equivalent, roughly multiply that by eight. And that's like, like uh, what, what you're talking about. So imagine getting like 8 million viewers for a major league baseball game in the States. Yeah. Like that's not happening. So it's the Canadian Jays, population is 38 million. Yeah. So like a, a good chunk of the country. Basically. And th- this week you've also got the, the Leafs in the playoffs starting. So for, I mean, they're playing Tuesday and Thursday this week. So that's not going to affect WWE or AEW, but the longer the series goes. And if the Leafs go deep in the playoffs, which, haha, <laughs> um, there could be some some big numbers. I assume they'll be out in the first round, though. <laughs> Probably. Do you Maybe. know who they're playing? No idea. Who? 
uh, Tampa. Yes. Who eliminated okay. them last year. Will you be watching game one on Tuesday night? Probably not. No, I'm more did, of like, did, a... you, did you watch the, uh, the, the, the whole Netflix uh, live love in thing on Sunday night? Were you part of this? Did you know this big controversy? No, they were going to air this, this finale live. And then they ended up, they didn't have the capabilities to air it live. It was a whole what? disaster. What, what, what were they airing? What was it? I can't remember. Someone in the chat remind me of the name. I don't, I don't follow the show. I was only following the, uh, the, the, uh, so the, a big technical screw up and they couldn't air the finale. Yeah. They, they couldn't air this thing live. So it oh. was, uh, it was delayed. Anyway, okay. I, I've now delayed this show to, to a grinding halt. Rampage was oh, the more oh, love is love is blind. That is it. Love is blind. Yes. Okay. So is my memory when it comes to, uh, to this series but yeah it was the the people that watched this show were upset i guess so sad imagine well, people watching are very passionate about these shows absolutely yeah, imagine watching something that's taped in advance rampage on friday night so this was a unique show because for the last 18 minutes they aired against the end of smackdown but the lead-in from the nba game they the lead-in was Chicago and Miami, which did 2.2 million viewers, and it led to Rampage doing its seventh highest audience ever. This was the highest number outside of the first six weeks of Rampage in 2021, their highest demo number in over a year, and largest 18 to 49 number in a in a year, 40% increase this week in 18 to 34. Their younger audience was through the roof, um, and... And it's also like they did have the lead in, which helped. They also did air against the ESPN game that started right after with Oklahoma City and Minnesota. So if you're thinking like all these basketball fans were just like going into Rampage, like you also had another NBA game going against them. So, again, you attribute most of this to the NBA, but they also did have competition here. Um, I think things will probably level off, but uh, Rampage just. Just stick them on after the NBA, whatever time. That's that's the key. I really wonder if you put anything after this NBA game, how how well it would have done. Um, I I'm just looking at the quarter hours here from Brandon Thurston, and it's it's not a very pretty graph. So um, it's I just a, a a giant slope steep. after quarter one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe there maybe there's some positive to take out of this as well. Um, but I. I, I I don't it know. Shows you what an incredible first quarter can do to boost the whole show. Um, yeah. Unless maybe there were a ton of Aussie Open fans who wanted to see the best friends challenge for the IWGP tag titles. Maybe, maybe. I, I again, considering maybe the time slot, was this like really all that big of a card um, to capitalize on the extra audience to start? I would say no. I would have done something a lot bigger in that first segment to w- with the idea that. There's going to be a lot of non-fans or like, I, I honestly, I would have put like an MJF on in that first segment. I would have done mm-hmm. something that, okay, if I've got some fresh eyes, what is the most compelling thing I can put on in that first quarter? Just with the idea of hooking a few more people rather than just a straight wrestling match, which you've got that audience that are interested in Aussie Open and the best friends that could go later in the show. I, w- I, I think you raise a good point that you don't get these kinds of lead-ins all that often, especially for Rampage. NXT on Tuesday, they have announced Zoe Stark against Roxanne Perez. Cora Jade uh, will be coming back to take on Gigi Dolan. Gallus, the Dyad, and the Creeds battle for the NXT tag titles. Wes Lee takes on Charlie Dempsey for the North American title. Noam Dar will have a match, and Carmelo Hayes is on the Grayson Waller effect. And Wednesday, Dynamite in Pittsburgh has Britt Baker 
in her hometown with Jamie Hayter taking on Tony Storm and Ruby Soho, Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow for the TNT title, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn against Jake Hager, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker, Jay White against Commander, which is an interesting match on paper. The Elite will appear, FTR is going to speak, and Chris Jericho confronts Adam Cole. All right. Pittsburgh, Wednesday night. No all-access this week. There's no access. Hmm. Hmm. Well, okay. Well, let's see. Let's see if the momentum, um, I don't know, um, continues or if it recharges or maybe the the week off is giving more people incentive to not follow the show. Yeah, I I think they they might need a recharge on all-access. Did they need a recharge in North Little Rock, Arkansas on Monday night? The Simmons Bank Arena with a crowd of uh, over 7,000, according to WrestleTix. And in Canada, people tuning on Sportsnet 360. Where's my wrestling? Well, well, they warned you you. you enough times, I would say. They They actually did a very good job for all the times we talk about, like uh, they don't publicize certain things. They did a great job the last two weeks of constantly getting that scroll up uh, to remind people that, uh, this week and next week, Raw's on OLN, as is SmackDown this Friday. But they're going to do a fraction of the audience in Canada mm-hmm. on OLN. The Usos and Solo Sokoa come out with Paul Heyman. Lots of heat at the beginning. And Paul Heyman says that history will unfold tonight. And with that, history unfolded. With the Judgment Day coming out. Coming out and Finn Balor has his new shirt. Finn 14. Finn 14 staples in the font of Austin 316. Um, that I'm sure some people will buy this shirt. Finn I, 14 staples. I thought it was like a, you know, like decently clever tweet when he posted the photo with that caption. Um, I, listen, um, with the way that they print shirts, I mean, why not? You know, um, I'm sure somebody would have, would have purchased it. Maybe they can find that, uh, just go the full Austin route. And instead of the uh, the bloody picture of Austin, you can have his split head open on the on the back or something. You could have, yeah. But I don't know if they would have gotten a good good shot, but sure. Heyman says that no one in this ring is going to heaven, which is quite the downer to start this. And there was a short-term idea conceived by Roman Reigns. And Jay explains, we haven't heard about this plan. Heyman says that Reigns didn't want any of them to know, except Solo Sokoa. So that you could be caught off guard. So basically, it's the Usos who are finding out this plan at the last minute. Well, what was that logic? Like, what's the benefit of the Usos being caught off guard? Why? It means that Roman Reigns is not, he's not informing them of this. He's like, I know, and, but but what, what was the justification for Heyman for why Roman wanted that? He wanted their like genuine reaction to be caught off guard and to surprise them. Yeah. Because <laughs> Roman really cares about live TV reactions. Maybe that's, you know, why Vince McMahon made all those changes throughout the years, like in the middle of Raw. He wanted people to be caught off guard. Right. Okay. All right. Hey, Seth, you're not doing a promo, but I'm already in the ring. We wanted you to be caught off guard. Yeah. Yeah. He knows that Balor has problems with this arrangement because of the deep-seated issues he has with the bloodline. So at least um, tying up uh, loose ends. And they have a bad bunny concern. And Solo Sokoa can take care of that. Sokoa and Ripley stare at one another. The crowd's chanting for Rhea. And Heyman says that Solo will take care of Bad Bunny. But tonight we have an Owens, Zayn, and Riddle problem. So even though Solo has run through these three, they're still problems. They're still breathing, and thus they are problems. I, I, yeah, we, we've yet to really understand what taking out means. 
Um, I think it means long-term injury, you know, and they've yet to achieve that. Yes. But does he have to kill them? Is that acceptable? Mm-hmm. And they confirmed that the six-man tag will happen at Backlash. But first, Owen, Zane, and Riddle will team against the three members, uh, well, the three male members of the Judgment Day. And Solo is going to take on Rey Mysterio, which was our opener. So uh, utilizing the Judgment Day and the Bloodline in this opening segment and further reason why you shouldn't be splitting up the roster so that you can fill out an episode of Raw with whatever you want and then go to uh, Rey Mysterio of... What what shows Ray on? Is he SmackDown? I think, I think no, he went cur- to SmackDown, right? He's to Smackdown. get away from Dominic. And he yeah. can't now he can't get away from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they're not really making a great case for us wanting to see these rosters split. Um but nonetheless, I, I thought, you know, while we had this sort of a soft brand split, if you want to call it that, I thought this made for a really nice theme to tonight's show. You know, I mean, major corporations with questionable ethics work together in real life. Uh why wouldn't <laughs> They in wrestling. You could even call this a merger between the bloodline and uh, the uh, the Judgment Day. Um, but don't call it a reverse Morris trust. It, it wasn't that. No, no. Uh, we don't. We don't know the basis points, and we we don't know really the <laughs> the makeup of this short term merger here. Um, but but we did get some conformity. T- plenty, yeah. Um, pl- what was the other <laughs> term? Co- I conformity was that even one of them? I don't know. Maybe I made up my own. <laughs> I thought it, it was a, like a sort of like a an idea that elevates the Judgment Day up to the Bloodlines level. And you can, you know, many would argue that the Judgment Day are already at that level. But I mean, the Bloodline are main eventers. They, they're just they main event pay-per-views. Judgment Day are certainly on their way, but they've really yet to main event the pay-per-view until Backlash, which I, I think might be the first time. So it, it also allows for tonight's matches to all have like, you know, this further meaning between them. It allows you to just kind of mix everything up and, and you're able to see fresh matchups between, between really hot like opponents. And it just kind of gives like the show an overall feel, feeling of specialness. And I, I especially love some of the individual details that Heyman mentioned here. You know, the Usos being kept in the dark. Finn uh, excusing his prior rivalry with Reigns. Uh, but especially the, the way they had Rhea pair up with Solo Sokoa. You know, the, uh, genders at that point are, are pretty much moot. You know, they're both recognized enforcers of the group. And let's say in like a Marvel movie, you, nobody would bat an eye at seeing the Scarlet Witch you know pair up with with a doctor strange and destroy a doctor strange so in in wrestling why wouldn't that be the case and it i think it just shows you how great of a job they've done with rhea ripley by having her feel like somebody who's on the level of a solo sokoa who can take out as many people as solo does so i i I thought this was great great synergies in this opening segment of raw solo sokoa and Rey mysterio was first um you know when, when solo had the heat this audience was sort of checked out, but man, when Ray made his comebacks, God, did this crowd get behind Ray? He went for a quebrada and Solo caught him into a Samoan drop, then a tilt whirl into the ropes. Ray hits the 619 and the, hits the splash, two count. The crowd is red hot. The Usos come down and they are attacked by the LWO. Sokoa then catches him on the 619 attempt. Ray kicks him back onto the rope, lands the 619, but the splash misses, and he hoists up Ray for the Samoan spike in 12 minutes and 39 seconds. And Ray, um, super popular in this match, but uh, Solo Sokoa just running through him as the nearly unblemished record of Solo Sokoa reigns continues. Yeah, are you still questioning the Cody loss? Um, Half and half. 
I haven't been given a, a solid reason why that was so necessary. Um, right. Not even that him losing to Cody is a bad idea just on that Monday, um, mm. d- doing that match to begin with. But I, I don't think, to be quite honest, neither guy was harmed by it. I'm just looking at, was, was there more to g- give Cody that win at a different point? Um, right. But nonetheless. Yeah. Maybe it's something they'll they'll get to in the future, you know, like Solo avenging his loss to Cody. But and this week, I, I think you're right. You know, like Solo continues to just have this status that is really above almost everybody outside of Roman Reigns in the bloodline. And they managed to maintain that pretty well despite losing that match to Cody. Um, and Ray, on the other hand, is somebody who I think has lost like what, like three matches in a row or however many. Like he's lost at least the two matches, I would say, after um. Uh, mania beating dominic yeah after beating dominic so but despite that people still cheer him just as loud so he could take as many losses as as he needs it almost doesn't really matter um so yeah he has one singular focus in these matches hit that 619 yes that's that's his driving force okay that's that's his 144th floor every match yeah if he could hit that i mean it's a good day and he doesn't eat the win Sokoa and the Usos attack the LWO, and uh, Sokoa continues with Samoan Spikes to Cruz del Toro and Santos Escobar, heavy booze, and then the 1D onto Rey Mysterio. And, yeah. I mean, this this was also, you know, beyond elevating Judgment Day up to, like, you know, the bloodline level. I mean, this also puts the LWO directly in... In, in the line of sight of uh, the Usos. And now you can have that interaction and build to that match, which I think they alluded to later on in the show. So I would say continued strong elevation for, for the LWO, even though they got, you know, laid out here. But it, it means they'll get revenge, you would hope. And while it isn't presented as a, I would say, competitive match, it does further Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega that they've been teasing yeah. on, on television, which at least they're giving a reason for it. Like Rhea is sort of in this kind of post-mania picture where, they haven't built up all these challengers, but she's involved in this, and it's an opponent that you can do that match. At, I, I would do it at Backlash, to be quite honest, to where mm-hmm. you want the LWO to have a oh, focus. Oh, Puerto Rico for, yeah. for, you know, absolutely. yeah, for Zelina to have a match, like in Puerto yeah. Rico, absolutely. Alpha Academy and Maxine are in the back with Adam Pierce, and Gable wants to be a package deal with Otis in the draft. Maxine is pitching to Pierce that her and Otis should be a package, and then refers to Gable as chas which is his real name and mm-hmm. otis and uh maxine uh well there's a shoosh battle with maxine and and chas i mean I don't, I don't know if any of these are going to be drafted on the show itself they'll probably have to go to dot com to find out where they're drafted there's an announcement that bad bunny will be on raw next week in chicago so that should be the the setup for uh backlash Bianca Belair and Dakota Kai, who had damage control in her corner. Uh, Belair hit a running blockbuster in the ring and then did the vertical suplexes and a handspring moonsault. Kai then misses off the top and then a tilt-a-whirl to a gut buster is hit by Belair. She goes for the KOD, but Kai holds onto the braid, landing on her feet, and then Kai stops a glam slam and and Kai then misses in the corner. Belair grabs her, lifts her up for the KOD and pins her in nine minutes and 15 seconds. And they cut to Bailey who is looking annoyed that Dakota Kai failed and EO is just looking down. So it looks to be, we're planting the seeds for Bailey and Dakota Kai at least to be uh, at odds. Hmm. I mean, they were planting those seeds with EO too, right? You know, with EO getting the title shot. So 
maybe maybe damage control breaking up um soon but um i thought kai looked really good here you know i thought this might have been kai's most significant singles match on the main roster thus far um good tv match i was maybe a little disappointed that we didn't get more presence from bianca on the mic i think i think she needs a lot more of that lately um in ring she we know is is very good but i i i haven't really like heard great promos from her for her last several feuds so i was hoping we would have had a, a bit more of that but maybe we'll get to it next week what happened to oscar after wrestlemania poof i mean you lose and you disappear yeah okay. well, i mean it, it maybe maybe it tells you just how limited like the women's creative is recent you know recently like if you if you're not involved with becky if you're not involved with bel-air there's really not much room for you that alone would have been higher stakes for that match title versus your airtime. existence yeah airtime <laughs> and then we had a bronson reed video where he's lifting weights and his mother used to call him mr nice guy and that's who i am mr nice guy Sometimes if I if I was handed this, I would just assume it's like, okay, haha, guys. <laughs> like they don't really think I'm reading this. And then like guys, he, he really read it. Well, maybe it's true. You don't know this. Sure, I'm I'm sure it's true. It doesn't mean it's um I, I don't know. Maybe maybe five years from now we're gonna be looking at just loads of Mr. Nice Guy merchandise from the nephew, Bronson Reed with Uncle Bobby Lashley, and we're gonna look like fools on freezing cold takes as a nickname I, I i don't hate it you know a guy who looks like that calling himself mr nice guy i mean it's 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 kind of interesting um how do you think kurt hennig reacted the first time he was pitched mr perfect um i, I think if he saw those vignettes he was like i th- this will work this would be pretty good well maybe bronson reed just needs vignettes where he's being really nice i mean saying, saying hi you can do a lot worse than be like your gimmick is you're perfect okay you're not like Hey, it's <laughs> Mr. Average. That like was, that uh, I would I would raise an eyebrow over. Yeah. I'm like, I'm Mr. Average. How do we how do we I, I literally I can't improve all that much. I'm just I'm the bar. I'm the line of the gatekeeper role. I'm sure somebody will do that if they haven't already. The Judgment Day react to Bad Bunny returning next week, and Priest expects him to show up next week with a new attitude. Heyman asks. Were you guys satisfied? And Balor's response is, eh. And Heyman says, what? Will you guys just be eh with Owen, Zane, and Riddle tonight? And don't fall in debt with Ro- with Roman Reigns. And they explain they handled their business. That's an issue for the bloodline. Clearly, like, Finn reacts the way we all do to the bloodline's definition of taking out. You know, what? what exactly is taking out? You just beat the guy. Like, what? That's it? He's going to be back next week. Yeah, I like that Solo Sokoa literally did take out Matt Riddle for months. Right. But then he comes back and he's still a problem. So taking him out is not even like a long-term solution. Right. Death is the only solution. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Big entrance for Cody Rhodes. He wants Brock Lesnar. But Adam Pearce explains, you're not cleared to compete tonight. And Cody goes to leave, but then he grabs a chair. He comes in, the crowd wants Brock and Pierce calls on security. So we get the whole independent security team running down and Cody starts attacking the security members. He takes out like 20 guys in this whole thing. 
but the highlight of this was Outcomes New Look Brock. And we're always ready for the spring line of Brock Lesnar. And this year, he is going with black cowboy hat and, with all due respect to the mogul affiliates, the trench. Black mm. trench coat Brock Lesnar coming out here. And I was ready for the the jean wearing Brock to update the look. We have gotten it. And after Cody takes on literally 20 guys uh, away uh, and takes them all out, <laughs> uh, Cody tells Lesnar, you're not a cowboy. You're a coward. Nice. Nice play on words, Cody. Nice. You bitch. <laughs> um, I, I think... Uh... <laughs> I think it's an interesting look for Brock. You know, I like I appreciate the fact that um, you know, he turned heel, he needs a new look and um I guess if you're Brock Lesnar as Brock and Trish realize we're turning heel, yeah. we're wearing black. I I wonder if those two communicated cuz I think if I was Trish I'd be pissed. Somebody stole my outfit. Um so, right down to the hat, you're right. Right down to the hat. There you go. But um, you know, what <laughs> sure, like Brock wearing anything but like what Brock Lesnar wears, I think, is amusing. So I'm just picturing them swapping theme songs for their heel <laughs> turns. Yeah, and they gave Cody what the the Wardlow treatment here, and yeah. it was effective. You know, um, very hard crowd reactions. Nice little play on words here at the end from Cody. You're not a cowboy. You're a coward. <laughs> yeah, uh, strong baby face, strong heel. I guess all I'm still waiting for is like a real exp- explanation from Brock about why he did the attack are we he ever went on first at mania this was an embarrassment is that what he said and he's got that's the main what... event now for backlash well that's what cody said do we know that, that those were actually brock's feelings well maybe brock has uh maybe brock has a different reason that we're gonna find eventually okay so why didn't he attack roman well i guess because he can't because he's he's he can't challenge for the title anymore that's right all right i don't have a good explanation for you yet We'll have to wait. We got Trish explaining our actions. We don't have a segment of Brock explaining his actions. Mm. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The Miz against Seth Rollins. It's one of the best singles matches of the Miz's career. It was pretty damn good. Yeah. So the story is that Miz has been utterly embarrassed. So he came out here with, I, I'm going to say, may, probably the best guy on the roster. And they had mm-hmm. a, a excellent 12-minute match. And yes, there's a common thread that a lot of guys seem to have some of their best matches with Seth Rollins or Array on this roster, but more consistently Seth. M- Miz, listen, I, I'm not going to compare him to, to the level of Seth, but Miz did well in this match. Uh, this was not just a one-sided performance there was an added aggression from Miz the announcers really played up that here was a guy that this is a former champion that has been humiliated and came out and did a totally unMiz like style of match and I really enjoyed this yeah I think the Miz will always perform to what's asked of him you know like and most of the time I don't think the producers of the show are asking the Miz to have a Seth Rollins level match. They're asking him to kind of, you know, play the goofball that gets beaten up by what, like 
like has Baron Corbin man or was about to exactly like you know he like sell for the celebrities you're gonna like you know lose to Pat McAfee he's not really called upon to like you know have a a stunning 20 minute match with Chad Gable or something right this was an exception this was Seth Rollins is one of those guys and um I I think this showed that when when called upon Miz can deliver a Seth Rollins level match as an aside is it not just a little weird that we all were watching Wrestlemania and we all see Shane go down. Like, there's never a peep about, oh, none. you know, he's recovering. The less said, the better. Yeah. Not a thing. Like, for all you know, he was just carted off, and we've never, we'll never hear from Shane McMahon again. That was mm. our final Shane McMahon moment on the last day before the company was officially announced as being sold or merged. I, I think it tells you there were no, there were never supposed to be further plans with Shane, I, I would think. Um, just like, an, uh, just... Corey Graves, hey, we wish Shane a speedy recovery. He he tore his quad. Uh, he's healing at home. Nothing. You don't even get an update as a viewer. You see this guy oh, go wow. down and he's out, and that's your last visual of Shane. Yeah, it, they couldn't even it, wish him well the next night or something. <laughs> no, no update. Nothing. It it seemed like it was a blemish on the show that they probably wanted to edit out, which which is really unfortunate. Um, maybe Shane will come back and he'll explain. He'll he'll say, hey, last time I was here. Things weren't that great for me. Maybe it'll tell us a, a comeback story, a road to, you know, a, like a beautiful day with Shane McMahon. Do you know Probably how many not. quad tears are in that that family? Um, four, five, five. Okay, Hunter uh, tore his twice, and yeah. Vince tore two at once. Okay, yes. Wow, ouch. That's a lot of quads. Mm-hmm. You got to stretch. Really, you always got to stretch. Yeah, that, that was a, that was that that was the key. Yeah. Um. So there was a lot of regression from the Miz. Uh, he's attacking with, with knee strikes. Rollins comes back with a suicide dive. What was cool here was like the audience is singing the entire time. This will get aggravating at a point, but it's not there yet for me. Would it be as aggravating as a guy um, shouting about his love of the Bullet Club right behind you at a Impact Wrestling event? I did not get access to uh, the commentary at Impact, so I had my personal commentary behind me all night long at Rebellion, who, as I said on the show, you you can't fault a wrestling fan for being a wrestling fan, but I thought for sure this guy was running out of steam by match two, and dude, he was was going strong by the end of the night. He did not slow down. Part of the live wrestling experience, right? That's it. That's the, that's what you're signing up for. I don't I don't think you, uh, unless someone is saying something like utterly offensive, uh I don't think you can complain about uh fans, you know, cheering. You can tweet and, about it. Of course, that's part of the fun. So the pedigree gets blocked. There's a sling blade by Rollins and then a buckle bomb, a frog splash, but Miz not only gets the knees up but then goes right into a small package for a two count. Crowd is getting into it with the near falls. Rollins uh gets spiked with a DDT, back-to-back DDTs. That leads to a near fall. And then a skull-crushing finale off the turnbuckle gets blocked. Rollins with the superplex and Falcon Arrow. Crowd is on their feet and curb stomp to win in 12.07. A really great match. Match of the show easily on Monday night. I really like the main event as well, but you could definitely make an argument for, for this one. I, um, I like this one more than than the main event. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of not a match that I would say you were looking at tonight's lineup and – you know, Seth Rollins, you know what you're going to get most weeks, but I don't think people were – this certainly was above what I would have expected from these two on a raw, like, two-segment match. You had a Seth Rollins-level TV match, and, and those are arguably the best TV matches in the entire company, and uh, I thought they 
gave the Miz a whole lot. They had, I mean, for a guy that that was losing to what Pat McAfee and on the first night dropping to Snoop Dogg, um, they had Miz basically go 50-50 with Seth Rollins here. And and I think that's just because you want a competitive back and forth matchup when you're watching Seth Rollins. And this turned out great. The result was a fantastic TV match that lit this crowd on fire. And Rollins is one of those guys that even if you're going to do a bit of a reset with, with this this draft, like how long they stick to it, you know, he is someone that I feel like having his own uh, show, for instance, or something like he he is to me somebody that even in a upper mid card position that he's in now, mm-hmm. I still feel should be at, at a higher level. Like th- this guy is incredible. I almost think he's he's too good on a TV level. Like it's you know we we kind of had this conversation in the past where um who we could see taking Roman's spot other than a Cody. And because Seth is so good at looking great, even in a losing effort, they're so willing to have him lose a whole lot. And therefore, I don't know if that aura has been built, you know, that superstar, like Cody level, Roman Reigns level, even Solo Sokoa level aura is necessarily there with the Seth Rollins, who I just see, I'm starting to see a lot more as just kind of your perennial, like TV level main eventer. Um, but they could change that, you know, they could go serious with him, have him suddenly like really be competitive against the Roman Reigns and people will probably take him seriously. Owens and Zayn are with Riddle in the locker room and Riddle's got some ideas. Owens doesn't want to hear his ideas. And Riddle explains that to offset the Samoan uh, spike, he could tape up his toe and hit him with the toe, bro. And Owens thinks this is the stupidest idea. But Riddle says, I was just joking. And then he gets serious and says that the bloodline took out my partner, took my title, and nearly ended my career. And I watched you two take the belts from the Usos. I'm not here to waste your time. I'm here to kick some ass, and that's what I'm going to do tonight. So he storms off. Then Owen storms off, and that's our, our setup for tonight. So maybe a signal of at least a glimmer of going a more serious direction with Riddle, although I know we will be back to pot jokes. Um, though they did go they did escape the easy 420 references this week true you're right well i mean thank goodness raw isn't on wednesday um so i i thought it like you're at this point you need to evolve riddle you know you really need to show like a different dynamic from from the character so that he's just not so one note i thought that they would kind of go that same route where you'd have owens being the serious guy and riddle kind of being the comedy figure and um I, I'm sure they will kind of go back to that a little bit because they need some sort of like dynamic that works. Um, but ultimately you have to show that riddle has, a, has another side. And I thought they effectively did that here. Austin theory and Bobby Lashley. Uh, this was not a title match. At least they never referred to it as a, as a title match. It was just these two having another match together. Graves compared Austin theory to Tom Brady and how people always hate greatness. Always getting these two mixed up. Theory misses a shoulder into the corner, so Lashley slams him, then goes for the spear, but Theory leapfrogs it. Graves is just going on and on about the strategy of Austin Theory, the strategy. And then Lashley spins him off the shoulders. Theory rolls out, avoiding the spear, and then does his roll into the ring, into the hurt lock. But before he can uh, lock his hands together for the hurt lock, Bronson Reed, Mr. Nice Guy, pops up out of nowhere. Nobody saw this man coming in the ring, and he attacks Lashley for the DQ after 12 minutes and four seconds, shoulder tackle off the apron, then splashes Lashley against the post, and then 
uh, it's Lashley who makes his comeback, goes for the hurt lock, but Fury stops him with a drop kick, and Reed hits him with a Samoan drop and tsunami to end the segment. So uncle and nephew are still uh, attached at the hip. Uncle and nephew? Uh, oh, keep Bronson forgetting Reed. this yeah, legendary sorry, backstage. Yeah. <laughs> we literally, I had to re-explain it to you last week, and yeah. you just refused to remember <laughs> Bobby Lashley being called his uncle and Bronson Reed, his nephew. I will try my best to to remember. Uh, I thought the match was turning out pretty good. You know, like these two were were like getting into like a pretty exhaustive battle where I thought Theory like ele- had some elevated aggression against somebody like a Bobby Lashley, convincingly keeping somebody as as dominant as Bobby Lashley down. Um, the gimmick now appears to be them having non finishes in this Bronson Reed Bobby Lashley match, which is very unsatisfying, of course. But I would say at the end of this, though, I did want to see Reed versus Lashley more. So in that sense, it was effective. Was it effective for an Austin Theory, you know, to continue to maybe escape these sort of um, wins? Um, I think that's questionable. You know, like you can argue he he's like a Miz, Baron, like Miz level type of um, heel who escapes with, with victories or survives. But why would you want to make him a Miz level heel? when he should probably be a bit more capable than that. Well, I, I would have said that before WrestleMania, but then he got that career-changing win over John Cena. And, uh, <laughs> look at where he is post The follow-up has been everything. And, and I, yeah, you're right. Like I don't know if he's at a much higher level than he was before that program. He, he Just to me, he is not... Um, like, again, he's, he's someone that you can see um, the reason why they have expectations for him. But to me, the the package together, he has not hit that next gear uh, for 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 this audience. Just in terms of someone that you're looking at and stating, yeah, this guy is that person that is ready for that next big step up. It's, I think you're just waiting for wh- where is that spark that elevates him. And the Cena program, I think now that we're this many weeks removed from it, I feel it was an afterthought at WrestleMania. And two weeks later, I can certainly say it feels like an afterthought. Yeah, they haven't really hit it home, I would say, that hard. It was that crowd after Mania. They just eviscerated him on Raw, the Raw after Mania. It's a just deadly crowd. Chris Stratus is out, as we said, all in black in her heel attire. And she gets on the mic, and she says, when she first came here, women's wrestling was a joke, and I single-handedly changed it all. It wasn't me and Lita. There was no we. It was me. And there was no women's division without me. I was the first woman to headline Raw and the first woman you cared about. There would be no women's revolution or women headlining WrestleMania without Trish Stratus. You should have been chanting, thank you, Trish, when they headlined WrestleMania. Becky would make you think that all of this began with the four horse ladies. Their alternate name, the horse ladies. Mm -hmm. They would think they started all this. Well, Becky Lynch is a joke. And I let it slide before questioning if Becky actually believed her own hype. So I came here to see for myself. Becky never once thanked me, even convinced Lita to join her after calling her out last year. And then Lita became Becky's sidekick. Trish is no one's sidekick. And she had to take out Lita to make it clear who screwed Becky out of the tag title. So we do get the finality to the phantom attack last week that it was in fact Trish and yeah. And Lita, like, like her best friend jumps her and she had no knowledge of it as well. 
Come on, if I if you were <laughs> if, if you I jumped me you. from behind, I'd at least have a glimpse. I would know it was you. I'd be like, "Way, really? this is unbelievable!" And huh. you're going to defend my tag title, and I'm not even going to be able to get to Becky to let her know. I feel like you would. I be your top suspect right away. You're right, um, but like just the physics of it all. Like, what'd you do? Hit me with a pipe from behind? She was holding her leg, Probably. right? Uh, I don't wasn't it her leg she was holding. I don't recall the body part where that that she wasn't out cold. That's the point. Okay, well, maybe she was wearing a hood, ski mask. You know, we don't know how she, black trench coat. Probably that's what that that was it. I I, I think Trish is pretty identifiable backstage. Yeah, mm. <laughs> maybe yeah. She is not going to let Becky rewrite history. I am not a nostalgia act. I'm not a childhood fantasy or a sidekick. I'm the greatest of all time and the single most important figure in the history of WWE. Bruno, Mm. Austin, no, Trish Stratus, and none of you will forget it. I thought thought she did a really great job with this promo. When she started, I, I definitely sensed a little bit of nerves, at least to me. I mean, if you we remember, like this is what her first real heel promo in how long, John? Like, like 05, when was the last time 06? she played heel? Yeah, like yeah, 2005 like, oh, you're probably going back to. So what, and what was that for? Was that the the Jericho Christian stuff? Like Yeah, that was that was 04. It carried over into 05. She was still doing that heel character. Yeah, so you're talking like 18 years. Like it's it's almost like 20 years since this woman played a heel on in a professional wrestling setting. And I could understand if if there was maybe a bit of like nervousness, like early portion of this promo felt to me like she was reciting like a memorized script. But throughout the promo, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, but throughout the promo, I thought she really started sounding natural and believable, especially towards the end when she got into her closing lines about not being a nostalgia act, not your childhood fantasy. She's the greatest of all time. I thought she delivered those lines as if she truly meant it. And I, I like the story. I, I think the logic is really sound. You she, know? she hit like the mission statement of the character, which is yeah. often sometimes missing. Uh, go to your Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes argument. Mm-hmm. Like she clearly. Or the, or the outcast. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like she made it very clear. Like you have no, there's no mystery. What happened to Lita? You know why it happened. Why did she team with Becky when she had attacked Lita? Like all of it made sense. And I thought she was pretty poised here in this interview. You even had the what chance that she just powered through yep. and you notice they quickly died. She mm-hmm. didn't, she didn't acknowledge them. She didn't stop at, because so many they're trained to just, if it's noticeable, you play off of it. And it's so awkward sometimes she just yep. kept going and they stopped and yeah. it was a non-issue in it. I, I thought it was a good promo. I, I, I like the idea that here's somebody from, you know, prior to the four horse women, women's revolution era era coming in and resenting them and wanting to you know, like resenting them for basically wiping her out of memory, you know, except like Trish is not really fighting for it. Like the, the Mickey James and also like the Lita, she feels like she was the, the only person who really mattered and she resents them for wiping her out of memory, which I, I think is a solid um, story. I, I do maybe only question like why she carried on with the match for as long as she did last week. Um, knowing that she attacked Lita and she, her goal was to lose the championships by the end. Why wrestle for like 10, 15 minutes? Why not just, you know, attack Becky and have a double team from damage con- or uh, uh, live in live in Raquel right, right away. Well, there, there, there is that aspect to it that it, like she lost the fall as well. Well, she could have just taken the fall right away. Why? Yeah, well, why that, get well, that's it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, maybe, maybe she had to really make it convincing so that she could turn. Because I, what I thought she she said, uh, what I, what I thought she was going to explain was that she made up her mind at the end of the match. She made up her mind about the turn at the end of the match. But if she had attacked Lita prior, then obviously she had made up her mind before. Well, that was the part, right, that maybe there's an inconsistency because she did explain it was when Becky gave her like this pep talk after the loss that that was where she um, like just felt it like was demeaning to her. To so then what? She was going to attack Lita and then just kind of let that simmer and not mention it if if they won the championships? Keep going, like ride this out for a little bit and then, you know, capitalize when when Becky is least expecting it while Lita is uh, rehabbing the injury. Okay. All right. When do you see them pulling the trigger on this this Becky match? Do you see it being a long term play? It could. I don't see them doing that so quick. Like backlash. I don't think that's happening. I think this is more down the road. I, I was thinking maybe Saudi, but like now that they're calling it Night of Champions, I mean neither of them have a championship, so maybe that's something you can you could delay. Yes, SummerSlam feels like way too long. Um, that's four months. Yeah, that, that feels too long. I mean, I, they could work a long term program that culminates there, but probably a bit long for it. So, like, what what do you do with the two of them in between then? Yeah, what's after? Um, like, unless uh, Lita comes back and Trish does do a match with Lita in the lead up to that, you you could do that. Trish like versus Lita right now. I don't know. I don't know if they'll. They oh, could. Well, I'm. I but. don't think so. But you listen to this promo, and that is certainly a door they've left open. And who is Becky to wrestle in? It, SummerSlam feels really long. Really so what, what's after um, Night of Champions? Do they have money a show? in the bank? And that's that's still that's July, right? So could be Night of Champions. Could be Backlash. I don't know. Not sure. Kathy Kelly interviews Cody Rhodes, and he was satisfied to be wrestling Lesnar. The match is official, but also confused about tonight and being held back by security. He's backed Lesnar into a corner, but he can't allow Brock to win. I didn't really get this promo from I didn't either. And one of the announcers was like, Cody put it so simply. I was like, no, I really didn't get the message here. He was upset that security held him back. And like I went back and, and listened to this like twice just to kind of see if like I was missing something that was supposed to be simple. Like this was this was a rare. This is miss. not the first Cody backstage interview in WWE that it's uh, the message sign. It doesn't come across as easy in uh, delivery. Hmm. Yeah. So hmm. anyway, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green against Candice LeRae and Meechan uh, with Raquel and Liv Morgan at ringside. Power and chaos. That appears to be the name they are going with. Are they actually? Did they actually? That's say what that? Kevin Patrick referred to okay. them as. Do we, we hate that? Come on, they could do worse. I, I'm happy that they at least have a name. All right, call back. What would, power what would our glory. name be? Um, apathy and uh, <laughs> I don't know. What are our traits? Apathy and <laughs> unapathy. I don't know. <laughs> Nikki Cross is in the front row, waving at Candice. So that's still going on. There was a code blue to Meechan. And then Green yanks LeRae off the edge of the apron. Green stops and eat defeat to DeVille and hits the unprettier because she's the legal woman, pinning Meechan in 309 in a match that went 309. And Sonya DeVille and Chelsea Green challenge Raquel and Liv on Friday. The crowd were pretty ice cold for this 309, you know, and uh, not much time to build this match, first of all. Um, the division itself is still very cold outside of you know a select few um match was fine but really not enough to get this crowd intrigued especially this deep into the show green then tossed a drink onto Liv morgan and they ran away so that's our that's our heat for friday street profits are explaining how the draft works to rick boogs 
to just tell him at the end, don't worry about it. Like whatever show you're on, you can just go back and forth. Corbin reminds the street profits, the teams can be split up in the draft. Um, just, uh, yeah. And then you can also get back together. And Elias explains to Boogs that I'll probably go first, but I'll put in a good word for you. Akira Tozawa enters calling Boogs a big star while Elias will be the last pick. Corbin laughs and calls out a good one. And Tozawa says, no one wants Corbin. You're a joke. This is a great segment. I can't wait for this draft. This I was so excited I mean, at the end. Tozawa really should look into the mirror. The man hasn't been on TV in like five months. Like, I, you know, if there's nobody, some, some people don't really care about. Unfortunately, it's Akira Tozawa. Like, oh, man, like what he's, he's I'm assuming he's been on main event. He's been doing main event here and there. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the 24 seven divisions lost really, I think, has affected probably him in scripts the most. Oh, scripts. Yeah. The Usos did a promo. Just, we're facing you at Backlash. You're the twos. We're the ones. We had two minutes to fill. And the main event, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Matt Riddle against Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Um, I I went upstairs and I came back and it was like 1059. And I, I have never watched a match as quickly as I did this match. Wow. So there, there was a big spot where Ripley clotheslines Owens to the floor. Uh, Balor then rolls him back in. They make a tag to Riddle, who's in with the Broton and a Fisherman. They get the heat on Riddle. Eventually, Zayn is tagged. He hit this crazy sunset bomb to Dominic that looked fun. Rhea then stops Zayn and knocks him off the top. Owens makes a save after a frog splash, and then Judgment Day are all on the floor, and Zayn goes for the Topekun hero, but Rhea trips him, and Rhea gets ejected, which, if she watched SmackDown, would realize, I'll just come back in a minute. But she didn't. Owens goes for the swan dive, lands on the knees of Dominic, shotgun by Balor, and as he goes for the coup de grace, he misses, stunners to Balor and Priest, haluva kick on Balor, and then tags Riddle, who gets the floating bro and pin on Balor in 12-24. Before the Usos and Sokoa attack the babyfaces, Ray runs down with the LWO, and we get the babyfaces uh, clearing the ring after a 619 to Dominic. And we got Ray, the LWO, Owens, Riddle, and Zane. If perhaps we're building to a 12 man tag, tag how many? Be, men? Yeah, like 12 man tag. We got yeah. three okay. LWO six members. on each side. No, there's four LW. Four, 14 man tag. You're right. Yeah, we got four, with Ray, it, it's four plus three is seven. 14 man tag, right? That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's okay. a lot of people. They could do it on TV. That'd be interesting. I'm sure it'd be fun. Who's uh, on the other side? We've got um, three Judgment Day members. I guess you could throw Rhea in there. And then you've got the three Bloodline members, like minus no, no Roman, because uh, I don't think Roman, Roman ain't do doing this. a yeah. 14 man tag <laughs> on TV. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought this was a really excellent trios main event, you know, great job by the judgment day. Anytime they had control of, of the baby faces and great action, whenever they were able to sequence their moves one after the other, I thought it, it was really great use of Rhea on the outside as well. So strong TV main event. And I overall really enjoyed this episode of raw. Like I love the theme of them basically mixing feuds and having different heel opponents uh, do the dirty work for the other team. I like the, I like them trading opponents, like which, made for a really interesting addition of the show. And it's a, a, something I hope they continue because I think in the end, it elevates almost everybody. It elevated the end of uh, LWO on the show. Judgment Day, I thought, were elevated, you know, by, to, to like a, a bloodline level. And it just made for a fresh, exciting matchup. So 
I um, I like the show, and I wonder if there'd be similar complaints about Vince booking uh, WWE after watching this one. Well, I I don't think there were too many complaints on on this episode of Raw. I so thought it was... so. So should we congratulate Vince for booking a good edition of Raw? Um, listen, it's I am <laughs> sure like this is a show that he he oversaw and uh, <laughs> whatever involvement he had, and maybe you know he got his his um his request in that we we've got to have we've got to have Cody destroy 20 guys it's like Vince that's ridiculous that's just he's going to beat 20 guys up at once 20 can't be 18 it can't be 14 it's got to be 20 hmm. all right well that was raw and probably like at least through the draft you're probably going to get a lot of mixing and matching of those players that you had at the end of the show between the LWO the tag champions riddle and the bloodline like you can do tags you can do trios you can do an eight man mm-hmm. you could do your 14 man or 14 person if you throw in Rhea there um probably yeah. like that's kind of your main event scene when you don't have roman reigns on these shows and they're bouncing back and forth on raw and smackdown yeah I, I i thought it was like a really nice way of tying everything together um and giving you again fresh matchups and almost like you know a large amount of of interesting consequential matches all right let's go to your feedback forum.postwrestling.com and we're gonna go to timothy who says that seth versus miz was the match of the night for me having a heel bronson reed against face bobby lashley could be good dakota kai feels like the third wheel in damage control and deserves much better triple h hasn't done anything with any of the women that he's brought back and feel like it's been a big waste Yes, I know that EO and her won the tag titles, but those titles have never meant anything since their inception. Is McIntyre's blackout of his Twitter profile a storyline reason like Becky's, or could he possibly be gone at some point this year? Uh, well, Drew was, uh, has not been on the show since uh, WrestleMania ended, and it had been reported that he had uh, some kind of health issue that we are not aware of. Um, but, I mean, he also had been reported that like his deal is up, but not till around like the end of the year. So, he will, uh, you know, barring some unforeseen circumstance, be back. Um, but I can't tell you what the the exact motivation of his Twitter thing is. But I, I don't, I, I don't always read in too much about Twitter activity. Me neither. Um, I mean, probably to get people talking. Um, you know, it, which it always does. Like it yeah. always does, kind of generate that that kind of um, uh, buzz for people. But. Yeah. Um, as did Bailey for a week and was, was right back. And I assume mm-hmm. when, when Drew is, uh, when are you going to do it? When are you going to cash in your Twitter blackout? Uh, you see, uh, th- the idea of people talking about me, um, is dreadful. Uh, so I will, I will, I will put a, a, a light coming out of my Twitter <laughs> avatar. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. That would okay, get spoiler. <laughs> that, that would probably get people talking just the same. Well, there you go. Thank you, Timothy. And that's going to wrap up the show. Exciting week coming up, Way. Yeah, we got a lot coming up, especially, again, tomorrow. Stardom All-Star Grand Queendom. Yes. Did I get that right? You nailed, nailed everything. That's it. Preview what's show. On, yeah. I was going to ask, what's on the wellness policy this week? Yeah, um, I actually have it here from Jordan. Um, you really caught me off guard with it. I wish I maybe maybe I'll let people know on Wednesday because um I I don't want okay. uh, there's everyone, been enough everyone can be there's been enough dead seat. air. This You're episode. getting a wellness policy plus yeah. a big one Saturday night live at nine Eastern. It's the NWA podcast. AEW forget the 
Forget all the sports, UFC, WWE. You want to go head-to-head with the NWA podcast with Nate, Chris, and Andrew? Poor choice. And this Saturday night, Brian Mann is back with Nate Milton and company. And they will be chatting everything in the world of professional wrestling. Always great when uh, Brian Mann uh, graces us with his presence. So always Mm -hmm. fun. Uh, Big week here at Post Wrestling. And again, multiple shows up at postwrestlingcafe.com. We've got the Rebellion review for you with myself and John Ceno. And Rewind Away up Thursday this week. So you can go subscribe. $6 gets you in the door. Access to all of our bonus shows at postwrestlingcafe.com. You can also subscribe at video postwrestling.com and that gives you access to all of our bonus shows in video form Very couldn't have exciting. anything better than that yes yeah and follow yeah. away on instagram always a, always a great follow and follow john on instagram at i'm john pollock he's fantastic you know i i've noticed you've been using stories you're becoming quite the uh, instagram storyer you know, I'm 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 slowly getting up to uh, well, you know, 2014 level of uh, of technology. Um, shout out to the listener that uh, that uh, said hi to me at No Frills today. Very nice. Oh, I was great. nice to like I I met a bunch of listeners at Rebellion, and then uh, t- yeah. today I was like hearing from uh from people that uh that showed up. It's it, we we like to see the sunlight once in a while. At our core, we're very vain. And we yeah. need uh, all that positive reinforcement. So you always, uh, you, you never cease to amaze us. So thank you, everybody. And that's going to wrap up the show. We're back on Wednesday with mm-hmm. Rewind to Dynamite. Tuesday's yeah. up next. That's enough. I'm going to bed. I've been up for way too long. And you have heard my voice for as long as you need to today. Goodbye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.